While I was getting settled in Kildale, it turns out our dear Lockwood and Pickleson were up to some interesting business of their own. The professor once told me of a pub back home called The Lodge. Or was it the 209? I'm sure you know the one. Either way, I had never heard of it. Though I doubt it's nearly so great as the Dicey Cantina. The, the Lodge is never empty. Might even be its slogan. <laughs> Unofficially. <laughs> I like that. Many of the Marines and naval folk that serve in the Elinwick Navy, the Merchant Marines, they, they attend here. What's the exterior look like? I think it's gray around the base of it, and I think it's gray stone, and it's got a rounded, it's like a ship hole center, so like an upside down ship, and that's the center of it. And then it has little, off to the sides, it would have little rooms. It's where the booths would be. The center would be a large arch that would run down the entirety of it. So it's like an upside down ship. And then you would have big wood beams on the outside, but the foundation of it is stone. And it would have like a front of it. It would have the memorabilia of different things that have been brought back <laughs> and different pictures and portraits and the good commanders, stuff like that. That's cool. And in this situation, Luther's actually just following along. So, Is that the wall of honor? for the and pictures okay. and whatnot. Medals for the commanders that they had that they liked. And yeah. then there's the... The wall of shames and the loo. The wall of shame. Yeah. Some folks playing darts in one corner. Even though it's early afternoon, lots of rabble-rousing and mm-hmm. carousing and singing of, of songs. I think we go in and Penny orders three drinks. One he hands Luther and one he drinks and... One, he goes, I, I got to go put this one up and I'll be right back. Okay. Yeah. Don't get any fights. <laughs> what? Uh, why would I, why would I get into your fights? As he's walking backwards. He goes, I'm just saying, you know how yeah, it goes. I, yeah, I, yeah, it'll be a lot of, f- oh, wait, no, I see what you're saying. Okay. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> so I can usually beat somebody in a fight. Not here. Yeah. Luther actually pays for the drinks. Just No. Pickleson pays for the drinks. Pickleson has to pay for the drinks. <laughs> okay, okay. I think Luther would reach into his pocket and Pickleson would put his hand on it and says, not here. Your, your money's no good here. Okay. And he pays for it. And then he goes to the back and I think back there is a place where you honor your your elders. There's got to be like a lodge dad, you know, the, the, the elder, he would uh, pay his respects to him. Yeah, Padwig is probably the oldest member here. He's pretty much exclusively found at the lodge now. He served a long time. Big white beard, thinning white curly hair. And uh, he's kind of gruff. He's not He's not one to speak first, but he, he gives you the, the knowing nod and accepts the drink and pulls it over. And he leans back a little bit. He's been given the invitation to sit down if you want. Which he does. He gives a salute and then takes a seat. Take, removes his hat. Sir? Uh, none of that now. Well, I never made it to sir. I'll hear my elder and I, you know, respect you. So it's only proper. But as you as you say. Hell, if they respect floated ships, they might as well build it out of that. Washing your friends back, that's what matters. That's what keeps, keeps the ships moving, right? Hey, if it wasn't for back-to-back rowing, uh, we wouldn't get anywhere on that sea. I haven't, uh seen you much here before you serve here uh, I've 
been out a few years now. I served, was out far, far, far west. Oh, they sent you far. They did. So far, they, you know, kind of erased the entire port that was there. But, uh, such as war. Yes. I don't tell you when they send you that far, coming back's the hardest, don't they? I can't get on a clone ship without feeling queasy and homesick just looking at them. I tell you, there's no, I have no love for those ships. There's no home on them. Hal feels so rigid. I'll drink to that. But it is good to be home. It's good to be on, you know, solid land with, you know, a job off that clone ship. Ugh. They have no soul on that ship. No soul. They're not elegant. They're not sleek. They're not beautiful to look at. They are all utility. Ugh. How they batter the waves and beat you around like a whole hard schoolmaster. No, thank you. No, thank you. Signing up was easy. Everybody would do it, I guess. Wow. Signing had a nice little bonus, but didn't get to spend it before I left. Guess that was a bonus in Mac, but all the while I was thinking, what could I buy? A carriage? They tell you don't ever get a carriage once you, with your signing bonus, the interest rates are just phenomenal, you know, out of sight. But. Yeah, you're a, a Navy boy. Why would, what, what use do you have for land machines? That's fair. Yeah, that's why I settled down in Eden so I figured I'd better come up since I was up in town to come pay my respects. Oh, you couldn't get so far from the sea, could you? No. No, I need that salt air. It, it's what gives me life, it seems. As far as much as I'd like to complain about the ships and the time at sea, that's it. It's in my blood. I need that rhythm of the hammering of the, the waves to calm me. It's a nice lullaby. All I think that gets you to sleep these days. Well, enough of this. I have to get back to my friend over there. I could not rightfully come into the lodge without paying my respects. So you're the one who brought the sore thumb in? <laughs> yes, he takes me most places, so I figured it was my turn to turn the tide, so to speak, on him and uh, bring him into here. He's of the other sort, commander sorts, but he's he's one of the good ones. Ah, don't look now, but I think the boys figured that out too. Oh, no. If I had to stop another one of his fights, well, it would be a day like any other day. We'll flash over to uh, Lockwood, sitting over at the bar. Mm-hmm. Dressed in his fancy attire. Not as not as fancy as, yeah, his normal fancy attire. Not his sister's fancy attire yet, thankfully. Yeah, but still, I, I imagine that Lockwood's day clothes still stand out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, so, they're definitely a thread count higher than... Most of their paychecks. <laughs> so he's right now he's staying put at the bar because that's where he was told to stay put. Uh -huh. Let's do a vigilance check. Oh no. Spot this burly sailor coming up. <laughs> All right. What's the difficulty again? Uh, he's not trying to hide. No. So we're going to say it's going to be average. All right. Hey, guess what? Ooh. My rolling continues with a wonderful three failures this time. But hey, I got three advantages. You got advantages. So at the very least, I'm not going to get decked right off the bat, so that'll be nice. Not that I don't think that would happen, but you never know. Three advantages, goodness. What can I do with three advantages? I've totally missed him coming up. Would Lockwood be talking with the bartender or trying to start strike up a conversation with somebody? Let's see. How long has Pickleson been in the back? Maybe 10 minutes. Okay. Is more than five. Then yes, he'd be starting up a conversation <laughs> with the bartender. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Uh -huh. I'm not supposed to be. This is not my world. Not my world. Not my... So, 
how are things going? This guy just starts the conversation with the bartender. So at the very least, he's trying to be friendly and respectful of the bartender. Uh-huh. The bartender's answering politely, but not enthusiastically. And there's a, a moment while Luther is, is chatting with the bartender. He sees the bartender's eyes kind of dart up and over his shoulder and look back down at you and give you a little nod, like look behind you. And then he slyly sidesteps and walks away as if the conversation's over. <laughs> oh, no. He's like, oh. Turns around and goes, good day. You're supposed to have served to get that drink. Oh, my friend Pickleson ordered it for me. You're supposed to have served to get that drink. My friend ordered it for me. His money's good. Did your friend serve? You're supposed to have served to get that drink. Mm-hmm. Yes, correct. Yes, he served, and he bought the drink for me. I can put it down and not drink it if it offends you. We're supposed to have served to order fat drink. Okay, okay, I, we're, we're talking circular here. I have not served. I was bought the drink by my friend, and he gave it to me and said that my money wasn't good here, and that he'd be back after he paid his respects to the head. say it's clear you haven't served. Look, what is this? Kind of half backhands your collar. Would you like the drink, since you've served? That's not the point. And he sets it back. All right, so what is the point, then? You haven't served. Correct. I was also given the drink. It wasn't like I asked for it. So is your beef with me, or is it with my friend Pickles? And let's do a, a charm check. What is the difficulty of this check? This one's hard with a setback. Ooh. <laughs> that's going to be fun. All right. And he's thinking in his head this whole time, he's like, okay, I really shouldn't get in a fight. I mean, I have to talk to the Empress tomorrow. A split lip and a black guy's not going to be two successes, two threats. So I got to say something to appease the situation, I think. I mean, I already tried to explain it, but that was not going to work. How big is this guy? He's big. Okay. Yeah, he's big. That's all I need to know. Descriptor, big. But I've got two successes, so I succeeded on being at least semi-charming, so he didn't probably punch me in the face right off the bat, but I've got two threats. I probably should have given you a boost too, because just knowing that somebody's coming isn't probably three advantages worth. Fair. Do, do you want me to roll a boost then? Just see if it augments anything? If you'd like to, you can. Otherwise, we can kind of bank the two advantage to bring something else into the scene. Other than Pickleson? Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> you can bring Pickleson in. We do have silent communication. Oh, very good point. Yeah. Okay, I want to spend whatever advantages I've got left to cash in a, the silent communication. I think the threat are is that this guy picks up on that. Uh-huh. But you see him, he just kind of leans back against the bar and puts his arm over and just kind of like does some kind of little tapping thing yes, as he kind of catches Pickleson coming from the back. Obviously, you've served. You could have my drink if you like. I'm not claiming to have served at all. Have the utmost respect for merger marines. I think Biggie here sees you making the eyes towards the person who brought you in and because you succeeded in charming him you know that, that that's a success he's charmed now so the threats now he's going to have words with Fickleson for buying the drink for me <laughs> maybe <laughs> I, I think it's that he kind of turns his attention towards Pickleson and it's just hey what gives what do you mean what gives well, you knew around here like what are you doing serving this drink to him what are you doing caring what another Marine does when he's serving his close friend? If a Wailing Banshee 
gives his credit to another person. Is that not enough anymore? You're going to pick him out and you're going to start demeaning him? I think you'd at least give him a heads up to dress him up a little bit more appropriately. Well, when you're summoned by the Empress, you dress as well as you can. When we're paraded in front of the Empress, don't we dress in our nicest? Am I right? What's that got to do with this? My friend, my compatriot, are you not paying attention to the news? You don't know who this is? I know he hasn't served. No, but he's protected the prince. You don't read the newspaper, I take it. I think that strikes a nerve, but he's still, he's charmed in in a way that Uh it actually shuts him up. Yeah, Pickleson, I think, would reach over the bar and grab yesterday's paper and brings it over. He would point the figure to where it says, Lord Lockwood and company saves Prince. He glares at it for a moment. Just be more careful or go somewhere else. He kind of basically turns his back on you at that point of just like, that did not go the way that he thought it was going to go. Well, he's not wrong. You do kind of, you know, dress like a rose. I... I'm supposed to. Julia, as your sister, I would expect nothing less from you. So, and I apologize. I should have given you more of a heads up. It's fine. It's fine. Biggie's a wonderful man. It's fine. It's fine. Very strapping and aggressive. It's good. On any other day, I would be happy to go a few rounds with him, but I don't think we could really make an excuse for the Empress. Yeah. We're not damaging your face today. So do you need to finish my drink or can I actually finish the drink? Oh, I bought it for you. Finish it. Okay. As long as I'm not going to get anybody else upset the hell out there, you... How do these go back there? Oh, swimmingly. Okay. Tradition says you pay respects to our eldest Marine, and of course, you know, so I went back and saw uh, Sir Padwick. Well, awesome. That's, that's wonderful. Oh, hey, I think it's the first bar I've been in that I actually haven't ended up in a fight. That's good. Yeah. You can see Biggie in the corner sitting with a couple of friends just staring daggers at you, Lockwood. I would guess I would be remiss if I didn't take a round of drinks over to Biggie's table and can inquire where Biggie served. Biggie is still serving. He's still assigned here. So he's basically like here. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) He's doing his best to actually like avoid eye contact with you. Uh Oh, geez. Because, I mean, you showed him up just a little bit and he's not too happy about that, but he's not (laughs) sure. He's a bit out of his depth. He doesn't know what to do with that. Yeah. I I think... Pickleson would do his best to give a little back and bring him a drink and go, oh man, had I known you were still serving when you're in service, you know, he put his hand on his big old shoulder and go, well, I'm glad I got on your good side because I don't, would not want to be behind that bilge pump of a hand you got there. Look at that. Give him a bunch of little compliments. Bolster his manhood. Probably ought to get going. And Padwig from the back tips his drink to you guys as you exit the bar. I would like to flip a story point that because of the actions that we've had here, we've garnered at least the, I don't know how you want to do this, but like not a favor, but like locked in, hey, if we run across Big E again, then they are favorable to our side of things, whatever we may be running into. Kind of like banking a tag in for an NPC to come help out or something. (laughs) Okay. I like that. But no, yeah, I like that flip. I have precisely how to use it. (laughs) All right. Well, you have a rather, by comparison, uneventful evening and morning getting ready. And I think it was calm enough that 
Lockwood would have his strain back. Oh, good. That's always nice. Yeah. He, he got a decent rest in one of the smaller rooms at the Lockwood Manor. After breakfast is basically when you're going to be heading to the palace. Describe for me this periwinkle suit. So it's the double-breasted jacket, which is a, a darker, like you say, a navy. But then the vest is obviously going to be the periwinkle. The vest isn't like super elegant in that regard. It's got a little bit of frills and stuff like that, but it's not anything overly luxurious. And then he also has ascot, obviously, which is periwinkle. And then he has nice slacks that are nice and pressed. No lines on them or anything like that. They're just straight black to accent things, I suppose, with, you know, shoes, which are nice and shined. But he does have a pocket chain or pocket watch that is with a chain and everything like that that goes over that's specifically for this outfit. So then the hat that he's also given is navy as well because it matches the jacket. So that's kind of his style, I think. Periwinkle's the accent, really. I think that Julia also has done you, and really herself, the favor of picking colors that she says are in season, but that she also, from her circle, knows will complement the aesthetic of the throne room in particular. Oh, okay. Ah, very nice. I think a red sash is available to Pickleson if he wants to wear it from his military service. I think he would. I think that he would also do that to almost announce who he is to Lockwood. Yeah, someone watches his back. So after you guys have finished up breakfast and you've gotten all cleaned up, you're standing at the doorway of the Lockwood Manor and out front is a carriage from the Imperial Palace there. It's not your typical horse-drawn black canvas carriage, but it is, it's actually more white and gold trimmed. With white horses? With white horses. Looks like it's ready for time for us to go. Edie will be back and I will let you know how things go. Wish us luck. I'll see if I can find any suitors for you. She's eating an apple at the table. So you guys hop into the, the royal carriage and it takes off down the road. As we described the, the wagon wheel, the curving roads that kind of radiate out almost as waves away from the lake itself means that to the north of you, which would be your left window, you would be able to see the large imperial palace that's on the craggy, rocky island out there. And you clip-clop your way around until you get to what is really the only entrance. It's a large and wide stone arch bridge. It's blocked by a, a big regal gate. A couple of soldiers are stand, stationed in front. They see the royal carriage coming, they open it for you to, to head on in. And there's little outcroppings along the bridge that kind of just poke out every now and then near the tops of each arch or really at the kind of at the base of each arch because it kind of comes up and down in this long winding matter. And there are soldiers in full dress uniform standing at attention at each of those kind of keeping guard, but really in more of a ceremonial way than a, a practical way. It's not like a full regiment. It's just a handful of guys, basically. You can see that there's a wide area of the around the island in this lake that is empty of all the boats. There, there's plenty of activity near the shoreline and where the rivers meet the, the lake for all of the, the goods. But clearly there is a, a clear demarcation of you may not bring your boats any closer. 
and the palace is taller than it is wide. It's relatively speaking, it's a narrow, a tall and narrow cliff face all around that this palace has been built into. And as I described it, it has some of the hallmarks of what people would say look like a castle, but it's more of a facade to, to kind of project that power. It was always built to be a, a palace instead of a fortification, lots of tall windows. And the really breathtaking part as you approach is that the bridge approaches from the south and heads north. And what that means is that the large, gigantic waterfall that is the backdrop that feeds into this lake behind the palace is always behind it, providing a, a white current torrent of water kind of curtained behind it. And then the peaks of the mountains are further off in the distance from it. Very pretty. You're led into the entrance and, and brought to just outside the throne room. There's definitely the staff there giving you the do's and don'ts. There's a there's a few do's and don'ts for you, Pickleson, in particular. Uh, I think one of them is don't speak. Mm-hmm. But he's permitted to come along. But yeah, once you guys have gotten your, your regal instructions, you are standing in front of two large opulently carved doors. There are two guards, two royal guards standing by the door. You've got the your handlers basically for a while you're here waiting for the, the signal and you see none, but at one point, one of the handlers walks up to the doors and opens them and says, to her majesty, I present Lord Luther Lockwood. He would follow Q. Would walk in all the way up to the number of steps that he was told to walk into the chamber. <laughs> and he would stop exactly where they told him to stop. And take the 15 paces, stop, bow to her, your majesty. I assume Pickleson is in, in close step off to the right. Absolutely, yeah. So as you are entering, the thing you see is the doors open big and wide is that this throne room is large and circular. And the empress in an ornate white gown is sitting on the throne before you. You can see that this room was the centerpiece of the consideration for the palace, and the back wall is nearly ceiling to floor windows to look at what is essentially a curtain of white water of the waterfall cascading behind it. The, you do note that there are a, a row of eight guards, four on either side of the door, just in their royal dress, and they are armed with the traditional, like, spears or pikes. They're not armed with the uh, firearms that you would see now. It's very ceremonial in their position. And your handlers kind of step off to the side. You're left in the middle as you bow. Your Majesty. She smiles back at you. Lord Lockwood, I'm pleased to make your acquaintance. I was most delighted to hear the rescue of my uncle, and I wish to thank you for that. However, I'm afraid that I have been less than honest on why I asked you to come see me. I will get straight to the point. Your reputation precedes you, and I'm in need of someone with the skills you possess. I need to ask a favor of you. He, he really wants to say something, but he's being held to the decorum of the court, so he's, he's, he's like, may I permit you to speak, ma'am? Yes, it would be good for us to talk. Why don't you come with me? And she stands. He like looks around at all these guards and the <laughs> handlers to see, is this normal? <laughs> they look concerned, but she stands, they bow. Uh, just me or? 
I would speak with you alone, Lord Lockwood. Both of us. Okay, just me. Got you. All right. See you in a little bit. She motions for you to come closer. Hey, what well, she does. And she daintily extends her hand to be helped down the step. He would offer his arm. And then she takes your arm. She begins to walk towards the, the window. As you are approaching the window, you notice that one of the windows is actually a glass door and that there is a small balcony. She looks at you and looks at the door. Oh, oh, of course. And he like steps forward and then like grabs the, the handle on it. He pulls it open. She steps out and then waits. And then he comes on out with her and he's closed the door and then he offers his arm again if she wants it. He's trying to read her. You're definitely in uncharted territory. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay, Lord Lockwood. We can drop pretenses out here. The sound of the, the waterfall is significantly louder. It's important that the next bit of information that I have of this request is a private matter. Okay. Before you speak on that, madam, is it private with between you and me? Or is it private between you, me, and my man? As long as you trust your man explicitly... With my life. It is fine to share with him. But do be careful in which you give this information. All will become clear as I begin to explain. It was shortly before the incident with my uncle that, well, I hate to say it, but a dead body was discovered in Karnan Lock, having clearly come from Gale Falls. That's quite a mystery since we have no villages in the Glenic Peaks. Sure, some individuals are rumored to take their flocks into the hills, but we really haven't any established settlement of any kind. And yet, this body came all the way down to wind up in our lock. While it was only one individual, what troubles me most is that in the dead man's pockets, Gaurian currency was found. Okay. Out of character, was that ring a bell to me at all? Yes. Lockwood would recognize the name of Garia. The Republic of Garia is an unfriendly neighbor to the Glenic Empire's northwest. They are on an island, the island of Garia. And the reason for this unfriendliness uh, occurred in Lockwood's lifetime. When he was still young, about two decades ago, the unincorporated northern territories of the Glenic Empire revolted. And what should have been an easy rebellion for the Empire to deal with became a protracted rebellion. And many suspected this was because of the influence, arms, and supplies of their nearby neighbor, Garia, supplying them. With the war reaching a bit of a stalemate, the then young emperor of the time didn't want to see more bloodshed happen and so negotiated a peace treaty with the Northern Territories. And the one thing that every citizen of the Empire of Glenic knows is that that negotiation stipulated that the Northern Territories would be recognized as their own independent nation and they were not to be a part of any other country. This would prevent what everyone feared was that the Republic of Garia was getting a foothold on their home island. But when the negotiations were all said and done, the Northern Territories were their own country for about a year. And everyone's worst fear became true when the Northern Territories became known as the Glenic State within the Republic of Garia. Now the treaty itself defined the borders between your two countries as the northern end of your Glenic Peaks. This is the mountain range that runs north-south and creates this cascading waterfall that you're standing before now. Uh, it runs all the way to the north end of your island and those start of those mountains defines the border between your two countries. 
it creates a bit of a natural barrier between the two of you. Uh, while the Clinic Empire controls the entirety of the mountain range itself. So Lockwood would pick up quite quickly that this is kind of an uneasy situation where you have something from Garia all the way down here in the capital. Okay. So all things considered, the body shouldn't have shown up or shouldn't have... Somebody could have died upriver, but it's... Yeah, we'll, we'll find out more information. But it's, it sounds like it's a fresh kill near the, the spot where it shouldn't be and washed up. Right? Am I understanding that right? That's correct. Okay. And the Empress would go on to explain. The thing that concerns me the most is currency could create a diplomatic incident with Garia. And this occurring immediately after my coronation is worrisome. There is no reason I can think of that a man should be carrying Garian currency in our mountains. Okay, Your Majesty. Is it one of those things where it was the body particularly waterlogged or was it fresh? I, I hate to use those words. No, it's okay. I understand what you mean. Yes, the guards reported to me that it was a ghoulish sight. The body was ripped and torn as it had flown down the river for quite a ways before landing here. Okay. So it wasn't traditional means of death, but more like wild animals, perhaps. It could have been, from what they're saying, but really, any signs of what the cause was were stripped away by washing down the river. It's my understanding that it was barely recognizable as a person. Okay, but the key the key defining factor is the Karian currency, and if the word gets out, then that would say, oh, incident of some sort. I see. Or at least cast doubt, which is enough of an incident that is not needed right now. I don't think I need to tell you that Garia is always coveted our land. Oh, no, no, you don't. It makes it quite uneasy that this happens months into my reign. I don't know if they're perceiving any weakness, and I wish to give them no illusion that I'm even concerned about this, which is why we're out here. I trust everyone in there explicitly, but at the same time, one can't be too careful. That is, he like glances around, he's like, I understand. So what I'm specifically asking of you is to lead a small expedition force that we have prepared into the mountains and investigate whatever is happening up there. Okay. Do you mind if I... Am I... Is the body in a place where I can see it before we leave so we can at least examine that before we depart? Yes, Captain Chelsea can make arrangements for that. She is the leader of the special force of six merchant marines tasked with assisting you. Okay. My man is uh, very versed in um, traveling in the bush. So I think his expertise will be invaluable. Is there a time frame that you I have? I would like the matter resolved as quickly as possible. An air of secrecy will only last so long, and I need to know if Garia is making some kind of play, or if this is just a sheep herder from the north who got lost. I could understand that. That makes perfect sense to me. All right, I understand your concerns. We will do the best that we can. If possible, I would like you to leave on the expedition by morning. Oh, okay. I think I can, I can manage that. A question. I know that you've had your advisors and you've discussed about things. What should I tell my family? Because I am staying with my cousin. They're going to ask questions and I can be evasive as is. I should have specified. We've made a room here for you for the evening. All the arrangements have been made so that you can leave. We would prefer to avoid any questions altogether. Hmm. You've done your research, haven't you? I like to be prepared. Hmm. So you know that if I don't say anything... At the very least, I'm behaving like I always behave and do my own thing. Then that works. All right. So I can play into that. Oh, and how is your uncle doing? If you don't mind me asking. I believe he's fine, thanks to you. Okay. I just just wanted to make sure because I didn't know if we, we got out quick enough that we got separated once we were free from 
that ghastly situation and uh, just wanted to make sure that, uh, that he was okay. No one obviously was going to tell me. <laughs> I heard he was right back at the palace the next day. He sent word of his gallant rescuer, and that sparked my interest in having your help. Well, all right then. Well, it's been a... I'm glad to know that he's doing well. I feel I should specify one final thing. You will not be travelling with anyone in uniform in order to be your own expedition, and you are to keep this matter as private as possible. Oh, okay. Very well. I understand. Is there anything else that I can do for you or that, that you need from us? Now, as I said, Captain Chelsea has been tasked with this. You'll meet her in the courtyard down below. The handlers will take you there after here, and you can use her as a resource. She's been briefed, and she will be the best assistant she can be. Oh, absolutely. I'm totally used to that kind of situation, so... Yes. And she tucks in under your arm and kind of turns you back towards the door. Mm-hmm. So he goes back, pushes it open, and leads her through it. And you head back to your spot 20 or so paces away from the center, and she sits back on the throne and... Thank you, Lord Lockwood, for your time today. I appreciate you looking into this matter. Of course, Your Majesty. It's it's an honor to serve. And the, the handlers take a step in and open the doors, and you exit. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Foxglove Letters. We hope you've enjoyed the adventure so far and can't wait to see where the story goes. Before we go, we want to let you know that we love hearing from our listeners. If you have a question for our players, their characters, a comment on the story, or just want to say hello, drop us a line at diceycantina at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and YouTube at diceycantina for behind-the-scenes artwork and world-building. Or, if you just prefer to chat, join the Discord. Links to everything are in the show notes. If you're enjoying the show, please consider giving us a five-star rating and review on your favorite podcast platform as it helps us grow the show and reach more listeners. The Fox Club Letters is a creation of Dicey Cantina, playing Genesis by Edge Studio. Until next time, dear listeners, don't forget the words of Mr. Cunningham when he said, don't just watch the world pass you by. Reach out and grab the stars. <laughs>